This is a Panay podcast. Do, 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 do. Disappoint your do, 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 do. Parents, do, do. And then the chime. <laughs> More of our fancy sound effects. Yes, I'm doing actually pretty great at it. Yeah. I'm always coming up with a new theme. I don't know. This theme this time was just do. You're a modern day composer. I need to be one. It's kind of like we when remember when we the the console was really like in and you got to make yourself a little me. That's what it feels like when. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I feel like we reverted back into that when uh, you did that music bit. I just really like in my head right now. I was like thinking, if one day someone's a big fan and they animate us, you know, <gasps> oh! they like can do like little like bubbly like you know like chibi version yeah. like cartoon, and then we like go do, do, do take the sound bite for us. <laughs> and it's like bubbly everywhere. I love it. Please take the sound bite. We'll take any pitches for these uh, future cartoons. Of pitches, us. future cartoons. Um, hey, please no fanfics. Um, <laughs> but we did get fan letters. Oh yeah, we really did. Let's um, talk about that. So first of all. Want to say thank you to all our of all of all, all of our uh, listeners. Um, again, like my life has been a little crazy, yeah. so like you know when I have the chance and I get to read these letters, it really actually brightens my day. It's a breath of fresh. She needs some bright days, okay? I, I, I teach high schoolers, <laughs> so I'm just like, ah! there's a lot of emotional labor and fatigue uh, being swimming out of Rose at this point. I don't know who I am at this point. So, first of all, Jean, would you do the honor of reading of our first fan letter? So, I want to um, thank Optimus Panay for sending us um, a story about her Halloween experience dressing up because I posted a of me of Supergirl and being okay with being brown and wearing costumes that are not typically made for me. So, she wrote, I had a Superman costume that was a hand-me-down from my kuya, and that was the only thing I wore from ages... Uh, two and a half to four years old. A good chunk of time to get out of that costume. So they ended up buying me a Supergirl costume after I stuck uh, in the pants of the Superman oh, no. uh, costume. But also my mom would just put the gold star stickers on my forehead and wrist and tell me I was Wonder Woman. Uh, oh, that's yeah. awesome. Um, at Brujal Baddies, your costume just brings back so many memories for me. I used to get a chair and put it in front of the electric fan, prop myself on my belly, and pretend I was flying. Towel, cape, and everything. That is the most fucking cute shit ever. Yeah. I mean... I was telling her, like, she is so fierce and fun at being such a young age. And I just think that's, you know, look at her breaking gender conforming norms at such a young age. And it's great, too, because, you know, back when I was a kid, you know, a lot of like a so this is elementary school, right? Yeah. The biggest Halloween thing that people at my time in elementary was like dressing up as was Moolah. (laughs) So I had like you had the one petite girl. Wearing Mulan, and I was there wearing like a bell costume. I'm like, like <laughs> kind of like I don't know. I knew at the time something didn't feel right. I, f- I wish there was a photo of that moment. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One day, I knew that the teacher kind of like, like, and you think it's weird. This wasn't first grade that it happened. Mm. I remember her name, Daisy. Oh, we were after you. <laughs> Daisy dressed up as Mulan. Initially, I wanted to be Mulan, but my mom was like, no, be Belle. And I liked it. Beauty and the Beast was actually one of my favorite uh, um, Disney movies. But, uh, you know, the popular one at the time was Mulan. Girl, Early I love Mulan. 2001. Like, yeah. that's when Mulan basically came out. That's all out. the Asian hero we had. And then what happened? Appropriation thus begun. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I think that the, we live in it in 2019 where people are trying to be mindful of it, still trying to learn about appropriation. So, but um, it still fucking happens for some fucking reason. It definitely does happen for some so. fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, be mindful in choosing your costumes, but also be brave when you're you know not allowed to wear such an you know costume. Yeah, and I I love the fact that Optimus Panay also like their parent like put stickers on so, I know. I mean, that's a Filipino mom trying to do the It most. is. And, like, you know, a lot of people, like, back at that time, for me personally, like, it's like, oh, you had to have a brand new, fresh off the, like, press costume, yeah. you know, and, like, having anything makeshift or homemade, just, like, I felt like there's a degrading factor to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's just, a, like, a, like, a privilege uh, structure mm-hmm. in there. Like, every, like, people always get a cool new costume every Halloween. Right. And costumes know? are like 50 plus dollars. Yeah, you know how much they are at Party City now? Like, nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> I'm gonna wear my bell costume till I bust it like out of yeah. it. Yeah, great that you used it for a number of years and that your Kuya used it too, so yeah. let's talk about our second letter, which our is really great. Our second letter. Alright, we got it from Steen Style, or is it S-Teen Style? Steen Style. She's pretty stylish. Steen Style? Alright, Steen Style. Steen Style says... Rose and Jean! <laughs> I just started listening to your podcast and I am hooked. The first episode I listened to, Daughters of Immigrants, had me literally laughing out loud. And each of you and each guest you bring on shared something that I relate to so hard. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And like Pam, I felt out of place in my college Filipino association. Damn. I actually ended up being president because I wanted to change some things and become more culture focused. I haven't gotten to the body image episode yet, but I can't wait. I hope you get there soon and then you have the messages <laughs> back. I have been fat shamed my whole life by my family. Part of why I became a music therapist. Oh, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. In my work, I used to me- I used music to address mental health and body image and empowerment. Sending love from New York. From New York! <laughs> you two are queens. You're a queen! What the fuck? <laughs> Thank you! So, I just, I love that you all write letters to us. Yeah, it makes us feel cool. But also at the same time, your words are important. You're telling us stories you know, against our, not against, in support of each other's stories. <laughs> yes. Ooh, I don't know why that. I don't know. It's like, where did that come from? Holy Deep, shit. <laughs> deeply troubled gene here. Oh my God. But like, that's the thing that I really love what I want us to share. Like, again, please send us letters. Like, tell us your story, where you're from, your experience. Cause that's the point of all of this yeah. is to share and like, be able to exchange these stories and have mutual ground, you know, find where we differ. And then find where we're similar, and then maybe we can hopefully heal and fix things that yeah. need to be fixed in our community. Damn, New yeah. York. Thank you for being part of this healing process, the always. big apple. <laughs> so, what's our, ep- what's our episode about, Rose? Oh, okay. Oh, oh my goodness. Me. Number one, all right? So, we all know that Filipino American History Month is coming to a close, right? Ooh. So, first of all... Uh, just just really quick, how did you celebrate, Jean? You know what? I celebrated by trying to really, like, have good conversations with, like, just general people in my life. Like, my mom, you know, we're both workaholics. We barely see each other. But just really, like, holding space for her. Um, she told me just recently she's very self-conscious about her um, accent because people mm. mention it jokingly and lovingly at work, even though, like, it is a microaggression that she doesn't quite know. But she was just like, I'm self-conscious about it. And she tried to celebrate me and my diction. And I was just like, let's talk about this. Let's, as Rose loves to say, let's marinate. Mm, Marinate. (laughs) 
You gotta sit in the sauce. Let's sit in that sauce and be a uh, a slew of Calbee, as you. Say. Oh God, Calbees! <laughs> Don't talk about food right now. The listeners probably aren't even. I'm, I apologize for those who haven't eaten today or ever eaten Calbee. Oh, <laughs> talk to me. I'll go ahead and get you some Calbee. <laughs> even though I'm a poor teacher. But, um, ooh, for me personally, so a lot of my month, like, I am very, like, I'm a workaholic at this point. I've realized I'm a workaholic. Hey, the first step is to name the problem. (laughs) Name the problem and then talk about it. So I work from 7 a.m. until basically 4 Uh p.m. every day, but I do it. I love my kids. You love them. Even though I hate teaching math, I like teaching you know, and so part of this month, like we had like, you know, a cultural day month and we also had um, a whole week of, you know, spirit week to, uh, you know, rep yourself. And so specifically for the cultural month, I believe I mentioned before that uh, I got to go ahead and um, do some Filipino, hist- uh, like, you know, traditional cultural tattoos. Mm-hmm. The other thing is um, it was also uh, coming out. Uh, for um, October, yes, like October 11th right. coming out month. So for me, like I made sure to like wear my Filipino like bracelet along with my pride bracelet. Oh yeah, so but you can see that in our photos. You can see that in our photos. And that's hey. something uh, in our photo shoot that I wore and I wore at the parade. Intentional. You know, intentional, you know. So like when my kids would ask me, because I'm a co-advisor for one of our clubs, GSA or Gay Straight Alliance, they were like, Oh, Miss T, like, you're Filipino. And I'm like, let's go on this rant. <laughs> let's go on this long journey with me. And also, not only is it coming out month, but did you also know it's Filipino American History Month? <laughs> you know what? Speaking of history, we were at the Western History Association. We were. W-H-A. Repping our roots. We were repping it. We were repping it. You posted it on our Instagram. Yeah. Um, I hope you're watching us on our Instagram. But besides that, um, Neon Pacific, you know, it is something we both met at. It's like our hometown. If it was, if podcasts were considered a hometown. hometown. <laughs> a meeting point. Uh, like yeah. where, where the lines intersect. And like. WHO was pretty fun. It was really you know, fun. Was and great. for the people who showed up to learn more about Neon Pacific or Asians in Las Vegas, um, we're more than a neon city. We are real people trying to survive in the city. So everyone of our listeners, please look forward to Neon Pacific podcast. If you would like to know more about the culture here in Las Vegas, about like Las Vegas um, Asian Americans, um, there are going to be episodes that feature Filipino Americans here in Las Vegas and the culture, as well as one of our uh, colleagues. Uh, oh, yeah. And also featured um you know speaker nicole yeah they are also covering an asian american grassroots feminist for filipinos here in vegas yes some episode. some more a really in-depth investigation for yep and again just to reiterate for filipino feminists here grassroots organizations basically from the beginning building blocks of feminism for filipino I'm I'm really glad you bring that up because, you know, a huge part of Filipino American History Month and is a big part of what we're talking about on our episode is Panay Visionaries. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, really kudos to everyone who's been posting about it and really celebrating it um, on Instagram. That's mainly where we're at. But, um, you know, I've I've been seeing patterns and, you know, I'm a historian trained and um, 
while also being a goofy cartoonist. But something I was realizing in our there's a popular narrative being said in October that I want us to all be mindful as we're raw rawing. I think that I'm noticing most of them are either in academia, in the political sphere, or they're entrepreneurs holding business roles. And while those are very important, it made me also question: What about those who don't fall into certain income brackets or lack access to higher education? And are they considered also Panay visionaries if they don't fit those three areas? And if they don't, are we marginalizing them based off biases on our own terms of success? I feel like there's a lot to unpack there, right? Because again, like you're talking about who is featured specifically in what areas, and、mm-hmm. I feel like that's usually what is at the forefront of like. You know what is in demand right now right. for jobs, for careers. What is the money maker, and what face do we want to slap on that brand? Right, right? that's so, great to call it a brand because it, it, it usually is.、Right. Most things in business, most things、uh, with work, even in academia, like is、yeah. a brand. And for me, I'm thinking about mobility. You know, opportunities for mobility to move upwards within those positions and to even be seen. Yeah. You know, because again, it's in the word visionary, right? Yeah. So can you be seen? Can you? Can you do anything? <laughs> so, what are other questions we can raise about Panay visionaries? Um, for one, how do we celebrate Panay visionaries for October?、Mm-hmm. How do we celebrate them? And how do we, you know, look for them? Right. You know, where are they? How are they presented? And in what spaces? Yeah. And how also do we do it past October? Past October, exactly. Like that's the other things. Like. As much as I love this outpour of love for you know,、right. fa- do we call it fam or fam? I like seeing fam month. <laughs> I like fam、know? too. I like fam. It's it's fam month, everyone for family. family. <laughs> Thank you. All right, <laughs> but I'm like, you know. That's the thing. People love to celebrate. Love to like make it more pronounced. But the thing is, there should always be a sense of presence for any culture, any community, like beyond just a specific month. Right. Right. So, like, okay, you're making me think. If like, you know how we celebrate certain individuals, like. It also makes you think. Like people can think, oh,、uh, Bruja Baddies is like so cool and so cool. Maybe there's somebody in your community right now who's doing what we're doing, and maybe you should try and connect with them also. And a lot of times, I feel like people, luckily, you know, people have found us. You know what、yeah. I mean? And I wonder sometimes. And listeners, if you would like to, please let us know how you found us. So, and that's the other thing. How can we find、uh, those within our areas? How can we find people in New York? You know, who are doing what we're、exactly. doing? How can we find people like you know within in California and outside California? Which this is a funny thing, right? Like、yeah. we talked about before, how like a lot of our listeners, a lot of our listeners, thank you so much. You know,、um, thank you, don't leave, but it's like, thank you. So I also want to be like, what are incentives to be a Panay visionary? If you know.、Um, Do you have to be in those three spheres that I just mentioned, or I mean, can they be everyday people like our moms? You know, I feel like it, it's a societal demand, right? And then at the same time, it can be like you know interpersonal, right?、Mm. So you can be this way that you present yourself to society, and that's one thing that a lot of people kind of attach to as a visionary. Right. But then within your own interpersonal spaces, within your own social circles, that's where you can go ahead and see yourself as a visionary, or vice versa, right? Right. You have your family members, like your mom and my mom. Like I look up to my mom as a visionary. She's my role model. She's someone that pulls me through and also gets me in touch with my culture and teaching me the ways in which you know I can be more open-minded、right. and also like just be more.、Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Be more alert and aware and always trying to seek like answers, right. you know, beyond just this one source right next to me. Like I have to keep constantly reaching out. Yeah. Um, so we want to also talk about like, you know, there's number of articles we can post on our Instagram, but I want to talk about visionaries that we don't really aim to highlight a lot, um, mm -hmm. who are, who are not, living or dwelling in in the here and now. So on CNN Philippines, I found like, two, it's a list of five, but there's two that I wanted to highlight. So there's um, Gabriela Salang, who is an Ilocano warrior. Mm -hmm. She um, she led guerrilla attacks uh, against the Spanish garrisons. She, you know, in this time, and there's a lot more of rich information I may be missing, but, you know, I'm saying this to kind of drop her name so you can actively look up these people. Um, so she um, witnessed her own um, fellow colleagues being hung and before she herself, who was a general, who was hung, right? So she was always with the people. And then there, I also want to highlight Magdalena Leones. She is a silver star during the World War II that we don't talk about a lot. And she refused to surrender in her time during the um, war. Um, she uh, saved other Filipino folks just by learning how to speak Nippongo, I think. That's a, uh, mm. a dialect in Jap Japanese. Oh. And because she was able to speak Nippongo, she was able to transfer intel and medical supplies for Filipino folks. So That's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Right. Bitch. Like, <laughs> we, we don't see them. They're in wartime. Um, and maybe this is a time where people didn't really write that many histories or whatnot. But these, I mean... These are people that should be as famous as Jose Rizal, you know? Um, Here's the thing. I'm kind of soaking this in because it's information that I'm being presented to, too. Mm -hmm. um, and Jean has been able to go ahead and do a lot of research for our episode this time around, everyone. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like, being able to hear these names, and I feel like this is going for our listeners right now, it's just like, not, it's like what white people get when they go like, to Europe or like go to like any I'm getting culture shock but it's yeah. just like damn like I wish I would have known more about this because right. I feel like my mom would have known but it's like unless I actively asked or talked I want to have really or has American it. education wiped it from our parents memories admitted Okay. Yeah, you know, like, and a, a lot of times, like we've talked before in the past, you know, a lot of these tend to get, you know, omitted or not seen again. So we have these visionaries, but again, how much are they in the forefront of like our histories and within American history? Right. And so I was also thinking, okay, so that was really even hard to find, right? On Google, it was hard to find. And then I also looked up where can you find queer Filipina heroes, right? And so there were other sources to cite, and there were two. I didn't want to give you all the answers. I'm giving everyone a little bit of homework, but to look into <laughs> Geraldine Roman and Bems Benedito, they're both trans um, leaders currently now in the Philippines, and you can find the, some information on them on Asian ta Asia Tatler. But um, I mean, like, I want to drop this because it shouldn't just be on me and Rose or any other podcast that you're listening to, to do all the work, like in order to keep these memories alive of certain individuals who have come so far for our people, we have to do the work. If that means not having to enroll in ethnic studies, right? You can't use that as an excuse. You just nope. show up, yep. right? Yep. You show up and do the dig, the Indiana Jones dig of sorts, you know? Speaking of Indiana Jones earlier. Yeah. <laughs> no one knows. I was having Indiana Jones moment. So Rose is going to read some of, I know we're being super like 
resource heavy, but she's going to read some uh, articles you can look up by certain people. All right. So the first article we have is called Women of Distinction, Biographical Essays on Outstanding Filipino Women of the Past and the Present Present by, I don't want to butcher this name, but it's probably Jovita Varias de Guzman. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have Women in the Philippine Revolution. That sounds like a really fucking good read. If you don't at least, okay, all right, that's the second one, but there's like two more. But but this one is specifically by Rafaelita Soriano. The third one we have that we recommend is Working Women on uh, Working Women of Manila mm-hmm. in the 19th Century by Ma Luisa Kamagai. And then lastly, we recommend you to all read Our Founding Mothers, Lest We Forget, by Queenie and J. Palafox. So yeah, thank you to the researchers who are putting the work into uncovering Panay Visionaries before we called it into this month. Mm-hmm. You know, so thank you so much. Um, um, so, other than that, like, we have these visionaries and sources that we can look through, like, through literature, mm-hmm. through the Google, through, through the Googles. The Googles. The Googles. That's what I say to my mom, and that's what my mom says. <laughs> She's like, can you look in the Googles? <laughs> I'm like, I guess. I've been looking through the Googles for all my academic research. But basically, what is another way that we can start looking within our own sphere? So for another thing that we wanted to peek was like, who are the visionaries that are our peers? Mm -hmm. And how do we celebrate what they are doing? Are they being tokenized or highlighted? And that's something that within our own space where we're at in our city, like we have to like... There's this weird line, you know, mm-hmm. that we had to kind of straddle. Like, are we able to advocate and, like, you know, put ourselves in the spotlight? Or are we just being, you know, exploited for, like, our education, our awareness, and also Ooh. our passions for what we do? That is that is a heavy question, and I'm going to <laughs> take a stab at it. You know, I can – I'm not going to name – because I feel like they – We're not going to say names. But I have been um, a huge – um, confidant of people who have been activists, who are my peers, who have been burned out time and time again, and they are strong and they are fierce and they are very informed, and um, they've been pushed out of certain organizations because they are what I call Panay visionaries, and they're living in their 20s and 30s and 40s, right? So, um, to put together some of the list. Well, first of all, I wanted to go ahead yeah. and like you know list out those of us who are our peers that we do mm-hmm. see as visionaries is mainly the guests that we've had on this show. Yeah, you know, for example, we have Nicole. Nicole again, they are um, heading for like queer, like fem, like you know, feminists uh, within the Philippine community. They're a leader. They mm-hmm. help you know, like number one, break down barriers and deconstruct things within like you know, heterosexual to gender, like you know, identified relationships. Relationships. Right. And another thing was, you know, Pam, Pam mm-hmm. being able to go ahead and speak up and talk about yeah. the issues within, you know, Filipino American associations <laughs> and being able within their within her own space to have these discussions. Another thing to be a visionary, you may not be a quote unquote leader in title, but you can be someone who also sees 
what can be improved on as someone within a community, and therefore makes you a visionary. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Dr. Tessa Winkleman yeah. is definitely, <laughs> if anything, a visionary. Right. Um, for one, uh, Dr. Winkleman, again, Tessa, has been amazing in like heading research in terms of our histories, interracial, interracial relationships between the, Phil- uh, the Philippines and the U.S., and being able to dissect those, like, um, you know, colonial uh, colonial <laughs> colonial attitudes as well as you know unearth everything that has been discovered and also omitted within American history between the U.S. and the Philippines. Yeah. And I feel like that's amazing that uh, Tessa does that. And that's why I feel like she is a true visionary. Another one um, is one of our business owners that came mm-hmm. on to this show, right? Tiff. Not a millionaire, but definitely. Not working. a millionaire, but definitely. She kind of falls in like what we were talking about at the beginning, right? About like business savvy, being able to go ahead and move like forward like uh, economically. Right. And though like, you know, I'm not trying to say like the, that hustle is a bad thing yeah. you know because we do want to highlight that and we do want to we want to have an even right. spread Tiff is bringing job creation and mm-hmm. I'm merging nonprofits together by using her cafe as a space for them to meet it's not like she's like a what Wall Street <laughs> type definitely definitely not you know who I forgot to kind of add to our ongoing list here yeah. is Armina um, Gwellis <gasps> she is an environment <laughs> she's an environment um <laughs> activists and you know besides that she is really trying to learn like suburban uh suburban juxtapositioning uh, let me not let, let, <laughs> let me not let me <laughs> dial back the academia let, here break down what what is juxtaposition she's doing? basically trying to understand um the so- social economic struggles that happen in suburbs right mm. i hope i did it too justice armina um <laughs> but even other friends that um rosa hasn't met like markar who is doing lesbians who tech mm-hmm. um caitlin gachalian and tasia makarek who have been in and out of doing campaign and grassroots and you know kind of foot soldier work in a sense to really get um nevada to where it is as one of the most purple kind of progressive states so i don't want to look past what they do on the ground because that's tough stuff i that I couldn't do, but they're not going to be found on Wikipedia or Google in articles. So shout outs to them. Snaps for you. <laughs> <laughs> so another question that we want to talk about is are our existing uh, Las Vegas Filipino communities highlight highlighting these Panay visionaries with our neighboring states and like why? Or why not? <laughs> <laughs> so I found an article that was written by the Asian Journal here, and it highlights just one person, which is um, the judge Cheryl Moss. And majority oh. of the people listed on that article were from California. So it begs to question here, if we're not trying to do the work as our own Las Vegas community, does that really fall on the people, are, you know, like who are is that just me and Rose and the rest of the community we just uh, listed just patting ourselves on the back? Like that means that they're still unseen by the larger, more popular narrative and community that exists in Las Vegas. I also think that because we're such a young city, it, even though we're almost the same age as like cities like Los Angeles or mm-hmm. San Francisco, you know, like um, population wise, we haven't had, you know, the demand until these uh, like, you know, recent years for having, you know, more community of Filipinos on point, but we're just increasing and getting bigger. And I feel like these numbers and like also these visionaries that are coming in are just going to increase. Yeah, I hope so. I I think that's, I mean, like there's only one we can go right right now. You know, and 
I think that we are helping in a sense of being conscious of our peers, rooting them on, um, saying their names, and, and trying to see past um, popular narratives. Very popular narratives. Sorry, I'm like thinking right now. No, yeah, this is a lot to digest, right? I feel like one of the things that like it always plays into like our careers and it's something that we talked about here on Bruja Baddies is just like you know these trajectories that we get put on you mm-hmm. know and it's like are we ever able to go ahead and be on the forefront of these lines you know but I feel like it really takes us to take a step back to be able to go ahead and reevaluate where we are and to gain that consciousness and right. to become a visionary yourself um I don't know, like, if I would call myself a visionary. I would call Jean a visionary. <laughs> like, if anything, Jean forgot to mention themselves, herself. So I'm like, mm. You know what, and that's, you know what, you bring up a great point, right? That, I think that's the most critical part about being a visionary is, you know, we talk about looking at the larger country and then our state and then our social circle. But when do we look in the mirror? <laughs> oh, dang, that hit deep. Fuck. <laughs> When do we look in the mirror and be like, you know what, today I'm going to do something that my ancestors are probably speaking to me or, you know, I'm going to do something. I'm going to step a little, every moment that you step a little bit out of line, that I would say that would make you a visionary, right? So, um, so basically tell your, uh, poutine coworker, go fuck off if they keep making like some Filipino joke about you. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, (laughs) work on that. Um, but I, so I, before we talk, really talk about ourselves, I really want to talk about our moms, you know, like I was really thinking about like how, yeah, my mom was complicit to, you know, finding an American dream and like moving and my immigrating and migrating or whatnot. And I just think like, that's a risk, you know, my mom is beloved in her province, beloved. She still goes there. She's like a freaking mafia donia, you know, she got a Balak Bayan <laughs> box to give everybody. She hugs Got everybody. Every LBC box go. <laughs> Everyone's so happy to see box, her. Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> But like I well, just, <laughs> I just keep thinking like, why would she ever want to keep coming back here? You know, just to do work. But I think that she knows she's loved there, and she left a very loving place to give me something. You know, give this, take a gamble on this baby. You know what I mean? <laughs> Let's see if we roll the dice and we get some money out of this. You know, my mom makes this joke that she always tells people, "So like our kids are like our little like insurances," which I'm like, you know, in a way. You're not wrong. However, that's the wrong way to look at your kids. <laughs> so I call my mom out on that a lot. However, you know, my mom has done a lot for me, you know, and I'm not, you know, going to negate the fact that she said that. <laughs> I still call her out. I was like, Mom, I'm not your insurance. Yeah. But I won't ever forget what she did to get to this country. And I won't forget what she does every day, what she sacrifices in her pride to suck it up. Yeah. Even with being demeaned and degraded at work all the time, you know, like... I honor that and I honor her sacrifice and like it just makes me feel good when my mom goes ahead to me and like every day I pick her up from work she's like Rosalind gets what this fucking boutique said to me today and like tell me mom yeah and so really hold space for our moms like that's daily practice because you know when you grow up to be a teen it's just like why do they react this way why are they so tough on us and it's like you know what they are have their own set of like issues and trauma that they suppress for us to kind of have this life, you know? And I feel really happy that my mom has really taken in a lot of, like, 
the listening and discussion that she can now openly like you know resist mm. like you know like the american like you know americanized ideal of like how you act you know she's embracing more of her accent because before she like yeah. she didn't like the fact that she had an accent but now she's just like whatever they can fucking understand me anyways and i'm like good mom yeah. <laughs> and that's just something i appreciate for my mom and i love and just but again my mom is someone who has pushed me to my limits has always told me to remain strong in the face of adver uh what's the word with an a <laughs> adver not adversity Aww, Ad i don't know i almost, almost had it everyone i wanted to sound cool like you know one of those speeches in a 90s teachers movie <laughs> And I want to say that Rose is visionary because before we went on the air, you know, she's just like, I know that I may lose a few things, but at the end of the day, I freaking love my students, right? Like, she's teaching a subject I don't even care for, which is math. But at the same time, you know, just willing to, you know, I think that anybody who tries to expend that emotional labor for the good of the community is worth thinking about and celebrating and may, we may not write all the text out there but i think that's something we as a people need to do more we need to journal more because someday some crazy historian like myself is going to collect these texts and be like damn our people were awesome in 2019 so does this mean you're going to start a bullet journal now or are you going to be one of those Ooh, i think i might actually bought a bullet journal because of you but uh <laughs> back to rose back to me all right well i feel like this is the end of um of this episode yeah, and um, I I hope you write us on um, how you're a visionary. Damn it, look in the mirror, people. That's our task to you today. I want you to go ahead. Look and in our the homework as well for ourselves. And our, oh, yeah, yeah, shit. <laughs> Don't give me homework. I have too much. I have a lot of grading. I have a lot of, like, things to read. Girl, look in that mirror. Mm-hmm. Let your hair down. If you if you have no hair, then that's fine. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, um, with so much honor, this is Jean and Rose. And we're signing off. And what are we doing right now, Jean? Like, what are we still doing? (laughs) We're hella disappointing. Our do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Disappointing our do-do parents. Do-do.